Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hey moms, I hope this podcast today finds you in the middle of a great day, but even if it doesn't, welcome. I hope it serves as maybe the quiet in the middle of the stormy day. So often I think of all of you, I really, I'm grateful for this medium, but I, boy, I would love to see you face to face and sit down over a cup of tea with you. But until we get to meet, we're just going to make the best of this. Today we're picking up our series, the Chill Out series, Attention, Obsessive, Compulsive, Perfectionist, Control Freaks. And we will pick it up with part four right after this. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. All right, like I said just a minute ago, we are at in the middle. We have part four and part five to go, and we are rounding this out today. I am have a special place in my heart for those of us who suffer, and I do mean suffer, with obsessive-compulsive perfectionist control freak tendencies. And again, I mentioned this earlier, I don't mean that in a clinical sense, and nor do I mean to make fun of those who actually suffer from it in a clinical sense. But I mean, in a broader sense, I think as moms, we do tend to be plagued by these things. The culture tells us that we have to obsess and do, 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 and be productive and efficient. And the culture tells us that we've got to maintain this image. And the culture tells us that it's good for us to be in control of everything. And I am here in this series to tell you that I have been plagued by that in the past. And I am still working to recover from that because that's not God's best for me. 
I really do believe that we have a choice. Are we going to lean into these fleshly um, tendencies that we can sometimes have where the devil really wants to take us captive as moms and really wants to wear us down and burden us and really do a work of destruction in our homes? Because if that is how we're going to go about parenting and maintaining our homes, if this is what kind of tone we're going to set at home, we are really not being the joyful wives and mothers that I really believe we're called to be. And so that's why I'm offering this presentation. I usually do this in 45 minutes to an hour, which given the fact that we've already done three sessions in this series and they've been 30 minutes each, really reminds me why it is so hard for me to do all of this in one hour. So we've already talked about Using the two words, chill out, as an acrostic, we've already talked about the first um, several letters. We've already done the word chill, so let me just review that for you. The C stands for change the way you think. H, hit the brakes. I, ignore the competition and the opposition. L, listen to God. And the second L is listen to your kids or others or your husband, whoever you want to fill in the blank there. In other words, don't just demand to be heard, but dare to listen to other people. So today we're going to do the first two letters of out. And then next time as we wrap it up, we'll do the T and we'll do a little bit of review. And remember that you can go over to rachelcarmen.com and get an outline for this series for further study with all the scripture references. And you can also get the handy dandy chart that I've told you about. It's over there that has all three of these mindsets how they manifest themselves, what it's all about, and how you make other people feel. So those are just really good reference points, and I think it can be quite illuminating to sort of understand yourself from someone else's perspective. It can be kind of shocking, but I think that can be a good thing sometimes. So let's jump right in to our first letter today. The first letter for O um, is outline your objectives. This is your next action item. Outline your objectives. What are you trying to achieve, mom, in your home, with your husband, with your children? What are you trying to instill? What are you trying to show your children? I want to just tell you, I want in all of my imperfectness, my all of my humanity, all of my striving to become what God has planned for me to be. So I'm not perfect, right? And I'm not even seeking to be perfect anymore. I'm just seeking to follow hard after God and to dare to lean into His transformational power in my life. But one of my objectives is I want to hold up for my children a holy, mighty God. I want to hold up for them someone. I want to exemplify to them someone who is seeking God. And so in order to do that, that means that I'm not chasing after these other mindsets that the enemy wants to offer me. I'm not trying to maintain an image. I'm not trying to just be productive or efficient. And I'm certainly not trying to be in control because he's in control. And so I have to remember what my objectives are. And I want to suggest to you that that's what you need to do also. And I have a great passage here for you taken from 2 Peter 1, 3. And before I jump into the passage, I just want to say 2 Peter, First and Second Peter are written by the comeback kid, Peter. 
So just a little context before we even read this passage. This is that Peter. This is the Peter that Jesus said, follow me. This is the Peter that when Jesus is walking on the water, he says to Jesus, call me and I will come to you. Peter got out of the boat and actually walked a few steps on the water before he noticed the waves and went down. This is that Peter. This is the Peter who on the Mount of Transfiguration says, hey, let's just stay here, right? Yeah, you and I have moments in our life that are so strong with our devotions in God. Maybe you go to a retreat or a conference and you just feel like, man, this is it. I am right there. I am with God, right? And you just want to stay there. But just like Peter, we had to come down off the mountain. We had to live our lives. But Peter at the Mount of Transfiguration, he's like, hey, let's just stay here. This is also the Peter who, when Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So there's evidence that Peter got who Jesus was. This is also the Peter that was in the inner circle of Jesus, Peter, James, and John, his three inner circle members. And when they went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he asked them to watch and pray, they fell asleep. This is that Peter. This is the Peter that when Jesus, the night that he was betrayed, before they go to the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is washing their feet. And Peter goes, no, you're not washing my feet. This is that Peter. Peter was rash. Peter was unpredictable. Peter was controversial. Peter was always saying something before he thought about it. This is that Peter. This is the Peter who drew the sword in the garden when they come to arrest Jesus. This is the Peter who, after Jesus is arrested, follows at a distance. This is the Peter who denies Jesus three times. And then remembers that Jesus predicted that he would deny him three times. This is that Peter. This is the Peter that on Resurrection Sunday, when the women come knocking on the door saying that the tomb is empty, this is the Peter who got in a foot race with John and ran to the tomb and saw that it was empty. And this is the Peter who sat on the shore and Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? And this is the Peter who on the day of Pentecost took his stand. This is that Peter. We're going to do a series on Peter later this year, but I want you to get an idea of who we're talking about before we even read this passage because it matters. This is a man who has an incredible story from when he was first just merely curious about who Jesus was. Just Barely interested, but curious enough to follow him. And then he got into this cocky stage, and then he was confused, and then he was changed, and then he was confident. This is that Peter. And so now I want to read the passage. Second Peter 1, 3, Peter writes this. His, referring to God and Jesus, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. That's good stuff. That's really good stuff. Our objectives are outlined right here, right here. He says his divine power, the Holy Spirit within us, resurrection power has given us Everything, do you hear this, has already, it's already done. 
Jesus rose from the grave. He defeated death. He paid our sin price. And then he sent the Holy Spirit to indwell in us. That's the divine power that we have. And we've already got that. That's what Peter's saying right here. He's saying, hey, look, life is hard. It's tough. Things happen that you wish didn't. But you've got what you need. You've got what you need. In his divine power indwelling you, he says you have been given everything you need. Everything. And that word in the original Greek, that word for everything, it means everything. Everything. Everything you face. You've got everything you need in the person of Jesus Christ and the gift of his Holy Spirit. For what? For life and godliness. Paul writes the New Testament several times using the phrase that commending us to live worthy. He even also, in some translations, it's translated into living as we ought to live. And I happen to really love the word ought. To live as we ought, right? You and I, as believers, as heirs, as sons and daughters of the risen king, ought to live like it, which means we live differently from the world. We don't live like the world. And how is that possible? He tells us through our knowledge of him, through our knowledge of him. I want to ask you today, do you get who God is? Do you get who he is, what he's done in sending his son? Do you get who he is in having given you the Holy Spirit? I'm here to tell you, getting who God is changes everything. It changes everything. It changes your perspective. It changes your interactions. It changes your focus. It changes your to-do list. It changes everything. And that's what Peter is saying right here. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Our our transformation, right? We talked about that when we talked about the outline for the book of Romans. We are in a period, having accepted the Lord Jesus and his payment for our sins on the cross of Calvary, having accepted that we are justified, his righteousness imputed to us, and then we step into the next phase, and that is sanctification, becoming what we've been declared, And that's what this is. For life and godliness, he goes, you got the Holy Spirit. In other words, when you're tempted, you got the Holy Spirit. You can say no. You can resist because you've got the Holy Spirit. You can discern because you've got the Holy Spirit. You can stand because you've got the Holy Spirit. You can know because you've got the Holy Spirit. And the more you and I dare to get to know him, to listen, to study his word, to get to know him through life experiences, to embrace and acknowledge his goodness and faithfulness and love in our lives, right? The more we get to know him, the more we're transformed into him. Through our knowledge of him who called us, he's called us. Jesus says to his disciples, he says, you did not choose me. I chose you. He has called you and me to follow after him. And he has called us, Peter writes here, he has called us by what? His own glory and goodness, not mine, not mine, not yours, his, 
His. And what is his call on our life? It doesn't change Genesis to Revelation. God's call on your life and my life is the same through the entire biblical narrative, all 66 books, 39 in the old, 27 in the new. It's the same call. Be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Leviticus 19.2. That is his call. Be holy. Be holy. Live separate. Be different. The very thing you and I are called to is this thing we struggle to embrace because we want to fit in. But fitting in always requires compromise. We are called to transformation. We are called to conformity in Christ, not compromise with the world. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. That is our objective. And our objectives need to align with his call on our life. We'll get to the you right after this. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. All right, we are going to round out today's episode with the second letter in the word out, and that is you. Our action item number seven for chill out is unleash your laughter. Now, we've had some really hard-hitting, challenging points in this discussion. It may seem odd to you that I'm going to encourage you here that you need to laugh. But I'm going to tell you that if you are white-knuckling it, as uh, obsessive, compulsive, perfectionist, control freaks, yes, you need to unleash your laughter. That's exactly what you need to do. I know that especially as a homeschool mom, when I was first launching into mothering many and endeavoring to teach them every day and run a household and, 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 I was literally white-knuckling it, and I was not laughing very much because we were off schedule, because the kids weren't cooperating, because things weren't going the way I wanted them to go. And I'm betting that if we were live, right, 
If I asked and took a poll, there'd be a lot of raised hands. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, early on, I thought this was all about getting it all done, right? And I didn't have room in my day. I didn't, I didn't list laughter on my things, a list of things to do for the day. And I was really pretty much miserable because here's the deal. We're human. And especially when we have little humans at our house, things are going to happen. And we can make a deal out of it or we cannot. I love the passage in Ecclesiastes 4, which is our passage for this. And it's probably familiar to some of you. It says, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Um, There was a time in my home where every time something went wrong, I was thinking it was a time to weep. (laughs) And that's just not true. It's just not true. And there's a lot of time when you have littles at home and when you have teenagers. And now that I have an empty nest, there's a lot of time we just need to laugh. In fact, I've been known to laugh here by myself doing things around the house. Laughter is a gift, moms, that we can give to our kids. I really believe that it is a built-in safety pressure valve that we need to make sure we're utilizing. I am grateful to say that I was raised in a home and in a family that we laughed a lot. My dad gave me Jesus, but he also gave me an amazing, robust laughter. I could find my dad anywhere on the planet. If you, if you blindfolded me and if he would just laugh, I could find him because his laugh is that distinctive and it just... It permeates my childhood memories is my dad laughing and sometimes laughing until he cried. But we we had serious conversations and discussions and we went through some hard stuff as a family. But my dad knew when and how to laugh. And I have been able to carry that forward. And I didn't realize, and this is true for many of us, I thought everybody laughed. I didn't know that there were families that didn't laugh, and I've discovered that. And I'm just going to tell you, if you're one of those families, I'm going to encourage you, you need to start laughing. You need to give that gift of that safety valve to your kids. If we were live, I would ask you the question, I would challenge all of you just to show me your mean mom face. So we're not live, but wherever you are in your car or your kitchen, Flash your mean mom face. Why is it easier for us to do that than a smile? As someone potentially further down the path than you, I just want to say to you that when your kids are gone, it's not your mean mom face that you want to flash in their memory. It's your smile and your laughter that you want them to remember. I've launched kids across the country to various institutions of higher education into apartments and into dorm rooms. And I'm going to tell you, I want them to remember me smiling. And it has been my experience that more often than not, a smile and a thumbs up from Poppy can bring on more repentance than a mean mom look. So I just want to encourage you to smile at your children, to actually enjoy them. Too often, we're too serious. Look, Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. We as moms need to remember the joy that we have in our salvation. 
and let that be our strength through the day. Instead, too often, we let what strengthens us through the day that everything's going the way we wanted it to go, that nothing bad happens. That cannot be our standard for joy. Our joy is set in the salvation we receive from the person of Jesus Christ. That's our joy. That's our strength. And besides that, here's the deal. I want my kids to see and want a great marriage. I want my kids to want to be parents. I want my kids to want to homeschool their kids. That's what we did. I was a homeschool mom for 26 years. I think it was a great thing for our family to do. And I want to pass on that baton, but I can't pass that baton on very well if I'm miserable all the time. But I can if I have the joy of the Lord and if my kids see that. If this is something you struggle with, it might be worth you considering, do you get what you've got in Jesus? I think it's really easy for us to to lean into the lonely, exhausted overwhelm that we actually deal with on a day-to-day basis. But I have found in my own experience that smiling and laughing can really drive a lot of clouds away, a lot of clouds away. I just to share a couple of stories. I remember one time we were at the grocery store, and so you can imagine me with seven children at the grocery store. So we would go to the super Walmarts, and it was a two cart experience. And so I would push one cart with the infant, whichever one that was at the time, strapped to me, and the second youngest sitting in the um, in, you know in the front of the shopping cart, and then my oldest son would push the third youngest, and then everybody else just held on to a cart or held a hand, right? And this is us going through to get groceries through the week. And it was a thing. It was, you know, I counted it as a homeschool mom. I counted it as an outing, as math, (laughs) as a field trip, right? And we just made a day of it. And we would laugh and we would compare the weights of the cantaloupes and we would have all this conversation. You know, early on, it wasn't that way. Early on, I was a woman on a mission to get everything there and every everybody just needed to behave and cooperate. But there literally came a point where I was like, wait just a minute, this is taking up a significant amount of time and we're all here together. Why not just enjoy this? And so... We did. I mean, it was a thing. And even now, when the kids come home, sometimes we'll tell stories of remember the time we went grocery shopping and X happened. Because it took up a lot of their you know, memory space as our time at Walmart doing the grocery shopping. Anyway, all that to say, one time I remember that we were winding it up. We were almost done for the day. And we were in the produce section, which was kind of everybody's favorite because we would weigh things and and all of that, or pick the apples or the grapes, you know. And and again, I just leaned into it, and we just took our time. And this person came over, the stranger, and just let me say that there are times in your life as a mom, so like when you're pregnant or when you're out with your children, um, this happened to me many times, strangers just feel like they can come over and say all manner of things to you. And this person came over to me, with her hand on her hip, and she said, these can't possibly be your children because you're having too much fun with them. Do you hear it? This culture thinks that moms don't enjoy their children. 
That is why this is a huge thing for me in encouraging moms is to lean in and enjoy these years. They are fleeting. These are little people that you are raising and you are showing them either joy or misery. You are laughing with them or you are just giving them your mean mom look constantly. They're little kids. They're going to drop things. They're going to spill things. They're going to do things that drive you crazy. Look, I have a very high standard of obedience. I believe that we must train our children to obey. I am not advocating for yes momism. I am in opposition of that mindset. I believe that children need to obey. So don't misunderstand me. There's a difference between training your children and enjoying them and just letting them do whatever. So let's be clear. I believe that the best children, the way you best enjoy your children is that you discipline them. But let's enjoy them. Let's do that. Let's laugh with them. Let's encourage them. Besides, you're also living out a testimony to your children about who Jesus is. And he is our Lord and Savior. And when we get who he is and when we rejoice in him, we will have joy and we will have laughter, even in the darkest night, the deepest valley, and the roughest storm. We can hold on to him and we can still smile. Again, I think I've already mentioned to you that our family endured two years of unemployment when all the kids were still home. And I remember one of the things that I wrestled through during that was I didn't know that the burden was so heavy of the unemployment with no income and no insurance and a mortgage and the bills and everything that you have every day, everything that we have every day. And it was just really hard. But one of the things, one of the many things that I learned through that was it was important to still smile. Because even though we didn't, there were no grapes on the vine, as the prophet writes, we still had Jesus and we still had the hope of heaven. And so there might be a mom out there today, you need to hear this. I don't know what your circumstance is, but you still have Jesus and you still have the hope of heaven. And yes, grieve if you must, if you need to. Don't turn off your tears. That's a dangerous thing too. But do smile and do laugh. Read a good book. Go on a nature walk. Get out of your house. Laugh with your children. Enjoy your children. Show them what it looks like to navigate this world, this fallen world, these tough situations, and still laugh together. Still enjoy each other. Still worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I believe too that as Christians now and as families, the Bible tells us that they will know we are Christians by our love. And I believe one of the ways that we love each other is by being kind to each other, laughing together, and smiling at each other. And I really do believe that our smiles are the first word of our testimony. And that woman in that store that day, they can't be your kids because you're having too much fun. We ought to be exemplifying for the world what marriage looks like and what motherhood looks like. We're not miserable. We're enjoying our children. Yes, they're obedient because we are training them, but we do enjoy them and we laugh with them and we smile together. And guess what? 
They enjoy each other also. These are the things that we can do when we are in the process of learning what it means to chill out, to chill out. We need to unleash our laughter. Look, your kids are going to spill orange juice on the floor right after you've mopped it. That's how it works. That's how it works. And we need to be able to take those things in stride. Okay, we're going to wrap up this episode here today. Next time, we're going to end it all out with the T for out. We'll do a review, and I'm going to get back to that chart that I've told you is over at rachelcarmen.com. I hope you're enjoying this series. I hope that you're finding it helpful. Again, I don't know if you're taking copious notes for yourself or for a friend, but I do hope it's encouraging. Let me know any comments or questions that you have over at rachelcarmen.com. Make sure you share this with a friend, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast. If you're hearing this right now, you're probably like, who the heck is this and why are they playing during my favorite podcast? And I get it. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to introduce myself. My name is Trevor Tyson, and I'm the host of Trevor Talks, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. I just want to invite you, if you love podcasts, if you love music, if you love books and love hearing from the people who create it, come check us out at Trevor Talks. Simply go to Google or Life Audio, type in Trevor Talks, and it'll pop on up. Hope you have a great day.